And now we turn to Britain. Um, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce Piers Collins from the Wireless Network, who will talk to us about the British experience. That was great, thank you. Okay, all set up. Thanks, Piers, over to you. Hi, I'm Nan. Great. Well, my name's Piers Collins. I'm a director at the Wireless Group. Thank you. Um, for having me here and uh, World DAB for inviting me along. It's a great pleasure uh, to have the opportunity of giving you a quick flavour of our experience of DAB in the UK. I'm conscious that this session is the only thing standing between us and a very tasty lunch, so um, I'll aim to march through the slides as quickly as possible. Um, I wanted to give you a very brief overview of who we are then provide you with some context in the form of a snapshot of the current UK radio market and the effect digital technologies are having on our industry. And then I'd like to highlight a few lessons we've learned over the past 20 years or so since the uh, first DAB multiplexes were launched in the UK. And hopefully there'll be a good amount of time for any questions at the end. So I don't know how familiar you are with Wireless Group, but we're one of the largest radio broadcasting companies in the UK and Ireland. About two years ago now, uh, in keeping with the seemingly relentless consolidation of the global media industry, we became part of the News Corp family. Uh, News Corp is a multinational, diversified media and information services company comprising businesses across a range of media, such as book publishing um, with HarperCollins, information services business, such as Dow Jones and Move, cable and pay TV, distribution in Australia through Foxtel, and of course, not forgetting its newspaper and print media mastheads, such as the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, the Australian, and in the UK, um, the Sun and the Times. I don't know if you can see the photo in, uh, on the slide that clearly, but the office block in the foreground there is News UK's headquarters just by London Bridge. 
and we're currently in the process of constructing a suite of brand new radio studios on the top floor there for our new national radio stations uh, that we'll be moving into over the course of the coming months, which is uh, really exciting. So specifically, in terms of wireless group, um, you can think of our operations under four headings. First, our national radio brands led by TalkSport, the world's biggest sports radio station, now joined by um, our three not-so-new-anymore national services, uh, currently in their second year of operation. Our local radio brands, uh, stations such as FM 104 in Dublin, 96FM in Cork, Signal Radio in Stoke, hugely successful stations which enjoy leadership positions in their respective markets. We also have an international program syndication business, currently um, recently rebranded Wireless Studios, uh, which has been built up around our sports programming expertise. Uh, we are the global audio partner of the English Premier League and hold the um, exclusive live commentary rights to all Premier League football matches in any language. And we're currently um, operating in nearly 70 countries around the world, uh, creating output in six languages. On the back of our international division, uh, we became a minority partner in a joint venture consortium which bid for one of the AM licenses that were advertised by ICASA a few years ago here in um, South Africa and Hautang in particular. The station is still to come to air, but when it does, it will be South Africa's first 24-hour non-stop sports radio station, which we believe will have huge appeal. The service will be embracing the multi-platform reality of audio distribution in today's world, but I'm sure the service will be uh, certainly look at DAB Carriage in the future. And then, uh, last but not least, our DAB Multiplex business, uh, organised under the Switch Digital brand, uh, which I look after. The um, Multiplex licenses we hold broadly mirror the local radio markets in which we have major FM stations. We also own or have significant investments in two of the three London multiplexes and the third national DAB multiplex, uh, Sound Digital, which is a uh, three-way joint venture between us, Bauer and Arkiva, which is the, the UK's version of Centec. So that's a little bit about wireless group and um, so what about the UK radio market? Well, at present, uh, UK radio looks in pretty rude health. Uh, commercial radio weekly reach has overtaken the BBC uh, and is at an all-time high. Listening via digital platforms has just passed the magic 50% mark. In no small way, driven by the number of new cars now available with DAB radio sets as standard. For consumers, previously limited to a handful of BBC services uh, and just three national commercial radio stations, 
the introduction of DB networks has led to quite literally an explosion of choice. This is just at a national level. A more, um, you know, the structural impact of DAB on the market, at least in terms of, you know, the relative allocation of distribution resources between the BBC and the commercial sector is huge. Uh, you know, more level playing field in, in this regard has contributed to, in, in no small way, you know, a, 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 a solid structural shift in market share. And the picture on the revenue side is also positive. Um, you know, following the dark days of the financial crisis, UK commercial radio revenues are now back at all-time highs. Uh, and income flows from nascent digital audio initiatives are starting to develop into meaningful streams. So while press reports of the death of FM uh, may be a little premature, I think there's no doubt that UK radio is entering, if not a golden age, at least a new digital one. And the, uh, you know, the continued relevance of audio in people's lives is attracting the attention of the tech giants. Quite how all this will play out um, is anyone's guess. But so far, radio is bearing up. Live radio still accounts for three quarters of audio listening in the UK. And uh, even amongst pesky teenagers and young people, uh, radio remains a really important part of life. So, I think uh, we can say that on balance, DB has been a good thing, certainly for the UK radio. However, in truth, the trip here hasn't been straightforward or indeed quick. And the road has certainly been strewn with hazards, dead ends and uh, wrong turns. So I think, so I thought in the last few minutes, um, I'd whiz through some of the key lessons we've learned along the way. Um, I'll be developing some of these um, later on this afternoon uh, in another session if, if anyone's interested in going into this in a bit more detail. But first up, I think um, we've uh, really recognised the importance of brands and how best to go about leveraging the power of brands in this vastly more crowded and competitive digital radio environment. Second, the importance we've found as Wireless Group of owning and operating DB multiplexes. Not least because of the enhanced control this affords us over critical broadcast distribution, but also because of the ability to offset dual transmission costs via leasing capacity to third parties. Third, Getting the regulatory incentives right is, is critical. Um, obviously, meeting public policy objectives is, is important, but there are always a number of ways to achieve these. In the UK, Ofcom deployed a carrot incentive for broadcasters, allowing those services that simulcast on DAB uncontested analog license renewals. Whether this is the right approach for the markets, it's not really for me to say. However, considerable time should be spent to think through the implications of whatever framework is adopted. 
and certainly the whole DAB ecosystem will take shape around those regulatory foundations. In respect of the detailed regulation, I would suggest that <coughs> it's important to worry about, what, worry about what's important, things such as ensuring open access and promoting fair competition, and leave the market to find the right balance in areas that are less important, like you know, what, what bit rates certain services should, should use, for example. Myself and my colleagues maintain a constant and hopefully constructive dialogue with Ofcom, and we're hugely supportive of their moves to reduce the regulatory burden on UK commercial radio. Lastly, uh, keep the engineers in check. Uh, what it says here is get your priorities right. Um, but, you know, what this means is, that, is to remember that, you know, this is a creative and commercially-led initiative, not a technical one. Therefore, as a multiplexer operator, whoever that is, whether it's a broadcaster and or transmission services provider, the focus must be on customer service and value for money. So providing highly reliable networks, with usable coverage at commercially viable rates. Be aware the rapidly diminishing marginal returns from adding tr additional transmitters uh, uh, on, on overall network coverage. I mean, this graph, if you can read it, shows that you can, uh, you know, you can get from 0% uh, to 90%, low 90% coverage of UK households with around 200 transmitter sites. However, to get from there, to 99%, you'll need going on a thousand sites. The cost implications of which I'm sure won't be lost on, on any of you. So that's it for me. In a nutshell, broadcasters, I think, you know, suggest embrace the competitive challenge. Policymakers, be clear about the end game you want to get to. And remember, radio isn't TV. I think. That's confused some policymakers in the UK. And engineers, Mux operators, you know, keep it simple and don't get carried away. That's it. Any questions? Um, <clears throat> thank you very much. Let me just quickly throw in a, um, out your graphic of the various brands that are available mm. and the way in which commercial radio has um, overtaken, in fact, the BBC. Is the BBC not active in this space? In DAB? Yes. Oh, gotcha. So are they not adding brands into the mix or sub-brands? They are. But at a national level, um, they have one multiplex, national multiplex, um, and they fill that up with new BBC, existing BBC services, so one to five. Um, but a new service, BBC Six, and you know BBC One Extra, and you know various services like that. Um, the uh, the there, are, there are two national commercial multiplexes. Um, the, the latest one, Sound Digital, is also using deploying DB Plus coding. So there's more services uh, than, than 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 usual on that. And, and the, the, it's just simply the shift in, in, uh, in number of services has okay. just been huge. Sure. Thanks. Any other questions? Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, um, 
I'm just not up to date. So the BBC, they're still on the original DAB, they, uh, or are they in progress or considering migrating to DAB Plus? Or is it a matter of most of their listeners only have DAB radios? So. Yeah, well, again, you know, um, you, you, I think it's a, a classic, the UK is a classic case of, 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 of no first mover advantage. Um, you know, certainly not in the cost of the networks. And, and then, you know, you know, we elected back in the late 90s, early 2000s to go with the DAB rather than DAB plus um, uh, coding algorithm. Um, and uh, you know we we now have a, a you know millions of 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 radio sets that that, that can't receive DAB plus, um, and uh, I think the BBC is a as a national public service broadcaster is very cognizant of of of, of not disenfranchising any any license fee um, payers by by moving to 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 DAB plus. But I'm sure you know commercial broadcasters are, are, are using that now, and um, and you know certainly in London uh, we've got a number of DAB Plus services launching. Thanks. Um, yes, at the back there. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks. That was a very good presentation, again. Um, sure, just, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how to phrase the question, but what, what is your view in terms of net neutrality, zero rating, compared to, to DAB, to, um, DAB Plus? Because there was discussions earlier. There seems to be a concentration on like LTE and the cost of um, data but there seems to be this issue on net neutrality and, and zero basing of services. Um, as I understand it, net neutrality is, is, is something that's of particular concern in the US at the moment. Um, and certainly, um, I don't un I believe it's not an issue yet in, in, in Europe. We're still very much in favor of, of net neutrality. But I, um, I think with the with the consolidation uh, that's going on of, of big media, US media companies, um, and the release of, of you know, the, the, the move away from net neutrality, it'll be very interesting to see how all that plays out. But I still think the, the, the uh, sorry, am I about to explode or something? <laughs> um, I, I still think that the, the um, uh, you know, DAB is going to be important. Uh, you know, it, uh, we, we, we've kind of, the horse is bolted. You know, we, we've just got to accept that you know, radio is, is multi-platform and, and, and that's it. Um, and um, you know, to survive, you've got to be you know, really on your game by creating fantastic content that people you know, want to, want to uh, listen to. Um, and we still have the ability as broadcasters with you know, fantastic brands and big you know, amounts of listeners to, to kind of control that process. Um, so, you know, and if we don't, then that's our lookout, frankly. 
Um, okay, I think there's Mike, there's Lynn, yeah? Go ahead. Uh, thank you. I, I think we need some, a little bit of uh, some education or some assistance on this regard. How do you make sure that uh, the, your REMs, your listenership figures are accepted by the entire industry bodies? And uh, is it possible that you could have one industry body not accepting and going its own route and have its own research? And which company are you using for your own research? Well, in the, in the UK, um, the, there is one research body, uh, it's called Rajar. Um, it, it, it's the gold standard for radio audiences. Um, it is the currency that anyone uses um, in the, the, to, 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 to think about radio or to purchase radio. Um, the BBC use it. Um, and, and the commercial radio companies all use it too. Um, you know, it, it's absolutely crucial, crucial to have, you know, that gold standard. You know, that it, it, it sets the benchmark, really. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, I think, you know, maybe a big com a country like the U.S. would be able to get away with two different standards, but but you know, nowhere else really, no other market. Um. Piers, can you give us an indication of the um, a broadcaster, an FM broadcaster, that either simulcasts on DAB uh, or introduces a new channel with a similar coverage? What the percentage decrease on the signal distribution costs? If you compare an, an FM service with a particular coverage versus DAB, um, is there a significant reduction? Um, well, it depends. Uh, <laughs> let, let's take a, you know, a, 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 a station of ours, uh, Signal Radio. So it broadcasts on, on FM Signal 1 and on AM Signal 2. Um, obviously, you know, AM is slightly more expensive than FM. Um, it has a, uh, it also owns the multiplex that sits over the top of that coverage, its coverage area. Um, but the, the actual DAB network, because it's a legacy one that was built with old technology, is, is actually a lot more expensive. Um, and there's more transmitter sites because um, uh, just to, 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 to make sure the SFN works properly. Um, so the benefit though, so if there was no one else sitting on the, on the DAB multiplex, you know, for Stoke, uh, for, for signal radio, you know, it, it, it would be pretty horrid, for, you know, financially. Um, but obviously the, the BBC um, it carries its BBC Radio Stoke service on there and there, and there are other you know, commercial, third-party commercial services on, on that mark. So we can, we can offset some of that, but um, it, it really depends. In, in the round, um, you can offset 
when we do, you know, we're grateful to be able to, to, to hold, uh, hold some, some MUX licenses as well and be a MUX operator because that does help us in, in that dual transmission um, factor. So th there's not a clear figure then? I, I can't put, I mean, I could put numbers on specifics, but, mm. you know, it, it's... You've got a figure? Not an exact figure, but the um, graph I showed earlier from the EBU, they modelled several different size countries on the DAB, FM and IP <coughs> um, stats. And I, I honestly can't remember the exact figures off the top of my head, but it's available to download from the World DAB site with all of the workings out to show sort of how they calculated it all, number of transmitter sites, area covered, services on each multiplex, etc. Um, so they are, they are available for people that want to find out. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we should do lunch. Great. Let's give Piers a round of applause. Thanks very much. <laughs>